a person is going to have to make that leap to into what they already become next. But in order to, to explain that, I, I just really want to compress the, the knowledge system of this planet into, you know, something that people can really, really look at that as their guide to the rest of this conversation. And so I guess the first thing that we need to talk about, I want to make it really simple, is shipment, shipments and shipping. Because if we think about shipping, it has everything to do with how we get things. Like even right now, you're shipping, by, I'm shipping by way of you to these people this information. So shipping is really communication on multiple levels. So when they say that the ship is coming, that means that things that we've been waiting on are about to arrive. And the reason this is the case is because what you see on the outside in the external reality is only what we brought here. Where everything is, is still on the inside. So with each individual, what, they, what they're doing is they're unpacking the part of the unlimited potential inside of themselves. Mm -hmm. So you can, of course, see there's factions that have chosen to go into certain archetypes of our past or what's called the archons or the, the, the primal nature, the elemental, and they exercise that energy. And so this is the bulk of, of, of what we're dealing with when we just look at this topic is that humanity's potential is bottled up within. It's actually in the base of the spine. It's in the Muladhara chakra. But the explanation of what that actually is needs to be reinterpreted to the Western world, especially because there's other individuals that have gotten come forward and actually chose to interpret that for humanity, what these symbols mean and what they really do, etc. And I can explain to people now there are really two forces that you're dealing with in this world. And they're very akin to fire and water, not wood and earth, because wood and earth are byproducts of fire and water. So the original two principles, and that's why it's the term here is would be black and white. The original two principles are opposed to each other and must be opposed to each other in order for planes like this, which is a dual plane, to even keep going. It's like a person who, when they like to be in hot weather, they cannot stand cold weather. While you have another person that likes cold weather, can't stand hot weather. This changes the nature of the being. So we have this whole group of basically celestial entities that are at times polarized in those two opposite spheres. And the entire archive of all of what they have done is located within the moons of our solar system. And this is what the ancient knowledge is really about, that the moon is really our arc. Right. I got I to gotta, I gotta ask you to slow down a little bit, Seven, because you know okay. I don't know nearly as much about this stuff as you do. And so I don't have a lot of the background knowledge. So when you, I, I know that well, for example, with the conference, uh, with Michael Tellinger was talking about that all this information, all the knowledge of the ancients, it's not gone. It's still stored somewhere. Like that silica stone has memory, like the silica that we use in our computer. And that in some of these ancient sacred grounds and, and, uh, and energy generating con constructions, that the memory of what to do with it and all the ancient knowledge is still, it's still stored in those stones. And it's also stored in, um, the um, in the galaxy that it's not actually just disappeared and that as we cross through that center uh, it's like it comes back into us and we're, we're also we also contain a silica so it's like we're connected to all this knowledge that's part of the universe that the ancients have that we've become separated from but that uh, it's still there for us to access we just haven't figured out exactly how to and it maybe has something to do with all that junk 
supposedly junk DNA that needs to get activated. So you're, are you saying that the moon as the planet itself actually contains uh, like archive information in this way? Is that what you're saying? A hundred percent. I mean, this That's is how not, I'm interpreting it. Yes, this is something that was known by the ancient people. They used the symbol of the moon and it was related to the, the moon god known as Nanar or Sin. It's a horn god. And this also has a lot to do with why you see a horn god continuously appearing in all the ancient mythology, from Pan to Dionysus to Moses even having horns to Saronimus having horns. There's tons of evidence of, of this, but what is it? Some people are talking about Kabbalah, 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 but they don't understand what Kabbalah really is. In Kabbalah, the first letter is Aleph. Aleph means ox. So what they're saying is, is that the first part of everything somehow derived from an ox. And many people can't figure out what does that really mean. But if you notice in the Sumerian text, all of the beings in the Sumerian text are horned. They all have horns on the top of their head. What are you saying, though? Like, are you talking about alien races that have horns? I'm talking, honestly, I'm talking about what is inside of us, pieces of what's inside of us that is making us the way that we are. It makes us do what we do. It makes us animate. There are at least seven spheres, which is seven schools, basically seven levels of knowledge encrusted within the body of a human that makes them appear. It's like it's not all put together from just well, actually it's put together from nothing, but people can't really comprehend that. But the reality is, is that there's a complexity to this reality. And when we witness that, we have to say to ourselves, OK, whatever put this together was intelligent enough to know not to put in certain things or else it would eradicate the entire system. Okay, so I, I got a question for you then, okay? Because I'm kind of new to this whole aliens creating life or genetic manipulation kind of thing. And I just, I mean, in terms of me researching it, reading about it, you know, just for my own information purposes. So I'd like to know where you stand on that. Do you think that, this because something very mysterious is going on. Look, I'll, I'll give a little background about why I'm intrigued by this because it, it, what got me started on it was the RH negative issue that some people, very few people in the world, if you look at globally, are RH negative. Most people have the RH protein okay. in their blood. 15% of white Europeans and their descendants are RH negative, and many others carry it. But Sub-Saharan Africa, it's about 1 in 3,000. And uh, for Asia, also, it's, it's very low. And there are certain groups like the uh, Jewish Karaites in Iraq, the Berbers, which we're knowing as the seafaring Jews, uh, the Irish, uh, the, uh, who else, the, the Basques, they, they all have very, very high, like over 50, well, no, the Irish is not 50%, but the Basque, it's over 50%. And, and then there's a connection with the uh, Egyptian uh, kings who were also red-haired, who had a connection well, that, to Ireland, well, they it. were also RH negative. So there's there's RH negative, which seems like to me like almost a, maybe a different subspecies because the RH negative woman will reject her RH positive fetus uh, in any second pregnancy after having been sensitized to the antigens in the RH positive, uh, or not the the antigens, the proteins in the anti uh, in the RH positive baby's blood from her first pregnancy. So it's not an adaptive trait. Doesn't favor reproductive success. You can't tell me that this was brought in to, to you know, as a, as a, a new mutation that this would have been bred out very quickly. So it seems to me that there are a couple of species, and you have Neanderthals who also had RH negative apparently. And then you have Heidelbergensis, you have Cro-Magnon, Homo sapien, um, and who, who did I leave out? You know, you, you have, 
you have so many different human humanoids. And so enter this theory that the aliens at some point came down to Earth and created a slave race. And the question in my mind was, if this were possible, did they create one slave race? Was one of these a slave race? Was it the Cro-Magnons who then maybe mated with the Neanderthals uh, to, to create Homo sapiens? Was Homo sapiens created by some, something else? Was it God with a big G that created that? But do you believe in aliens uh, as genetic manipulators to create a slave species on Earth? What do you think? First of all, the first thing that Earthlings and humans need to learn is that there is nothing alien. It's just undiscovered. It's another part of the inside of themselves that has yet to be unpacked. But I will say that when you're talking about these ancestors, you have specific groups, and that's why there were codes that explained this to us. It told us, well, when you're talking about a specific period, if you're talking about RH, what you're talking about is, is you're talking about the seed of Cain. And this is what's known in the annuals from the tribe of Ham, which is the Egyptians. Even they say, I'm about to go Ham. This means I'm about to go Egyptian, a fire god. So what this is really about is that all of our existence has been where we don't really understand the truth. So today is really time for people to, to see what this is. And we may have to do this after the break because it may come, it may, you know, uh, interrupt us before we can even start getting into this. But it's, it has everything to do with the moon. It has everything to do with the land of Canaan, which is the land where anytime you get a new ruler of earth or a king, king comes from the word Cain. They're, both of these words are synonymous. King, Cain, Khan, coin, meaning your money, Cohen, meaning your priest, because before all kings were also priests. See, the break in the human line of education first. You're right, though. i got to interject. There's a connection there because the the king, the the priestly class, which were also the ruling class, were also those, well, in the Old Testament, anyway, who minted coins and changed money. So they were in charge of the coin, and they were also the the Cohens who were the high priests. uh, I'm not sure if they were exactly the kings. I mean, would, say, Herod, would he have been a king? I mean, would he have been a Cohen? Or a money changer because he, he was a king. He could be. Well, first of all, also to establish the Sumerian name for the moon is Cain. It's K-A-U-N. So we're not talking about things. Even Inky, when you move it around, says Cain. So we're not talking about something that's not also built into the etymology, which is what we use to determine who are we talking about. Kian means from, from heaven to earth. Just like Anunnaki means those who came from heaven to earth. Ki is earth. So you can pull apart the etymology and see what really took place. And then you find really what you see every zodiacal period, which is one particular beast comes forth and says, I'm the ruler of everyone. In this case, it is horn gods. They are a pre-evolution. They're the, what do they call it? A de-evolution. One level down. But that would be Taurus, then the age of Taurus exactly. is several ages now, back. Now, how a Taurus gets into this is, of course, all the G5 systems, which is the haplogroup of the Jews, of the RH. The G5 systems are Betelgeuse, Rigel, Aldebaran, which Hitler was, was trying to travel to Aldebaran, and that was the whole purpose of the paranormal division. So what you really have is, is that you can... <laughs> 
it, it, when we start to unfold this, I mean, you got to realize where we're about to really go with this. And like I said, I'm just waiting on that first part of the hour to for the break to click because once we start on this, we're not going to want to stop at least for yeah, 10 we got minutes. a minute before the break. <laughs> yeah, got about a minute. So let's just cool the jets real quick. And then when we come when we come back, we can really start talking about this because what Taurus is, if you notice, the Seven Sisters of Pleiades is also in Taurus because where you come from is Ma. Ma has everything to do with the mammary glands, milk, the moon, mooing, the cows, the Milky Way, the crescent, which is horns. Everything that I just named to you is all in the symbolism used constantly daily. Okay. All right. Well, we're going into a break, but uh, we'll come back to this uh, in a moment. So stay tuned. Welcome back to truthergirls.chatango.com and thanks for joining us in the chat room. I'm here talking to Seven Bomar, author of The Code to the Matrix and we have a number of calls on the line. Uh, I'm sorry to keep you all waiting. I'm going to take these calls now. Well, there's four of them actually so I'm going to take the calls and uh, give you a chance to ask your question to Seven and then he'll he'll answer you. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to take this first call. Area code 416. Welcome to the Truther Girls. You're on the air. Hi, somebody calling from uh, around Toronto, Canada, area code 416. Are you there? No? Okay, I don't hear anyone there, so I'm going to put them back on mute, and uh, I'll take the next call. Hi, area code 813. Uh, You're on the Truther Girls. Um, You're on the air, sorry. Welcome to the Truther Girls. Hi, actually, I didn't have a question at the moment, but I'll, I'll dial again if I do. Okay, all right. All right, well, I'll take the next call then. Uh, so the next call, it's, uh, let's see, hold on a second. Okay, area code 813. Area code 813, uh, welcome to the Truther Girls. You're on the air. Hi, thank you for having me on. I was wondering if Savon could explain a little bit more about Ma. Okay. Sure. Thanks for your sure. question. Sure. Um, I've actually been walking through this piece by piece and understanding what Ma really is. I think um, as the mantra, it's the word used to describe basically words of power that vibrate across the universe and touch into even other beings using those mantras. So, of course, because Ma is in front of mantra, it makes us ask, who is Ma? On top of that, I notice words such as masculine, male, machismo, and even man all begin with ma. So if we were describing the species that is opposite to female, why would the word we're using to describe them have ma or female in it? And so this got me to thinking a long time about exactly what this word means and who is the mother of this planet. And what I've discovered there's a video that's called I Know Everything. It's shot by an individual that is um, he's an Ethiopian artist. And what he's uncovering is the same thing I'm explaining in this email. I mean, not in this email. Yeah, I explain it all the time when I can now. But that the original, the first principle to this planet has a lot to do with a, a group of beings that were matter or massive or mammals. And all mammals have horns. It's their crowns. 
it's an indicator of the cycles that they've been through. And because you notice how the cow and the bull is even still now used to pull the burden. Like even now, they still use bulls to till the ground. But back in the days, that was the currency. If anyone, when you're going through all of this knowledge that the universe has presented, if you ever want to just get to the key point, look at the currency. In our case, it's money. It's the green dollar bills. And then you find the symbolisms and you get into the geometry. You find out the whole story of what's going on there. But back in the day, what you'll, do, what you'll find if you go to Abu Simbel and you go into Nubia, you'll find that cows were the form of currency. And that determined whether you got the girl you wanted, where you got the palace you wanted, everything was to this cow and to the bull. Now, if you notice, the Bible, which means two bulls, by means two, bull is there. There's a god named Baal, which is also, of course, why the Catholics have a bell. There's a tone and there's a rhythm to these beings. There's a mantra to these beings. And what happened to humanity, because these are also their ancestors, is that Humanity gained the knowledge of completely understanding what I'm explaining to you, that in the other realms, you can see every single archetype that you've ever been. Now, if you want to know what the animals are, because a lot of people are, what is the animal? Look at the zodiacal wheel. What the animal is, let's say we're talking about a Taurus, is in that position of the zodiacal wheel in its evolutionary process, as we call it now, the metamorphosis to get to the crown being, which is what humans are, they're also they're, they're known to be marked on their foreheads. This means that their soul resides in their foreheads. Notice they say Cain received a mark on his forehead. A lot of people think when I'm talking about Cain and I'm talking about white people or I'm talking about a specific group. No, I'm talking about a race of beings that either way they would still end up connecting back to you when you're everything. Look at how Earth works. Go back to your grandmother, then go to her grandmother. Then go to her grandmother and keep going back. Eventually, you'll get to a village of people. So this means it can keep going ad infinitum across the universe that you would get into other species as you keep going back or keep going forward. So it's, it's the powerful knowledge of the circle, again, shows us that we are everything. Now, how long it's going to take us to fully experience that, of course, is what I call a gauntlet. And this is what the Olympics is also about. That's why it starts with the O. Um, it's about... I, well, we we had several calls that were uh, okay. really long, so um, I'm not not to interrupt you, but since uh, she asked you about Ma, and uh, I'm going to take this next call since he's been there 24 uh, 24 hours, 25 minutes. I, I'm not sure if they're going to be actually there. Maybe they're just listening in. But um, hi, area code uh, 404. Welcome to the truth. The girls, you're on the air. Hello, can you hear me? Hi, yeah, I can hear you. Thanks for calling in. Did you have a question for Seven? Uh, no, I didn't. I just want to tell you how much I appreciate your YouTube videos, and I appreciate you to seven, and I'm just listening. Oh, well, thanks. Thank you very much. I appreciate you saying okay. that. Thanks no problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, have a, have a great day. Okay, and, uh, okay, well, we have one more here. Hi, area code 813. Welcome to the Truther Girls. You're on the air. Hello? Um. The, the number 218-339-8525 that people are calling in, this is a caller line for if you want to call in and talk to my guest or to me. It's not a listening line. There is a listening line, and uh, the number is on the homepage of the AFR website, AmericanFreedomRadio.com. 
I don't know what it is by heart right now, but if you go there, you should see the listen line. Okay, well, there's one more, so I'll take that call. It sourced that main number as the calling number. I didn't know there was two different numbers. So I think that's maybe why there's some callers in there. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Well, anyhow, it's uh, this is 218-339-8525. That's the call-in number to talk to us and okay they hung up so okay so uh, back over to you seven <laughs> now that we've uh, we've taken the calls um w- let's see um okay so you're talking about the, the symbolism that are in words and that's the interesting thing is i've heard this before that um, i know that in the in old english the word grammar actually comes from the word glamour it was just a variation of glamour and glamour is like witchcraft so when they say someone has grammar what they what they would mean was really that they're using words like to kind of cast a spell now we talk about grammar as in the syntax in your sentence and that the english language has been changed a lot now we see it deteriorating if you if you just read even children's stories from 100 years ago you'll see that the kind of language they used was very different and more sophisticated and that they've they've really like dumbed us down by dumbing our language down so i, I just want to point out that that's uh, that's another uh, important aspect of, of what they've done to our language right was you know just not understanding the meaning of the language because you really they the controllers do want to get you as close to functioning on the original program as possible with a slight deviation to where they can control your entire cycle so what happens with english if you notice is 26 letters 26 plus 26 is 52 there's of course 52 weeks in a year that makes 360 degrees or a full completion around the sun which is called an anu so, or annual, which is the word that we use for a complete year. So what I would say is, is that notice how, where's the other 26 letters is what I'm saying. Where's the other part of the English language that, that completes its cobble or cable or circle? Because when people know this language and they're missing half of it, which is basically what it means, then they are basically operating on programs that they don't know how to completely control. And you're right, it's about spelling, which is spells. It's about uh, curses, which is how to curse. It's about the myriad of things that, especially when you're on the astral plane, when a person makes an intoning, you see the designs and the shapes that come behind what a person is saying or trying to do. And that's why you have instances where individuals that have activated third eyes or other centers in the body, because all the chakras are considered eyes, they can kind of see what's going on on that level. And this at times gives people an insight into what exactly is happening in other dimensions. People call that premonition, precognition, etc. So I, I still uh, I still want to know what you think in terms of because like we were talking about before about there being number of different I don't want to say races more like species of humans that have been on this planet over the ages, mm-hmm. and whether you think that some or all of them were created by extraterrestrial beings. Okay, let, let's take that in part entirely. What do you think? What I know, because I really don't like thinking too much, it's not like a sound foundation, it's really like ethereal. But, you know, when you can know the foundation of things, that's what strengthens you. What's happening here is, is that you can see the human is a composite being. It's made out of several, just the, the matter part of it is made out of several different species. And when you read the ancient books, it says it's normally consistent of the flora and the fauna in which the being was indigenous to. So this means that with a person that's a Native American, let's say, let's use that term, 
they have a, a their their blood and their genes are indigenous to the territory that they were in the trees and everything and this is something important to bring up because you are really what you eat on so many levels if you notice that in i think in italy they have this kind of pig or something that they feed this special fruit and when they slaughter it when they when the person eats it the big the pig tastes like the fruit so of course the reason why the pig tastes like the fruit is because they only gave that fruit to the pig in order for it to taste like that so what i'm saying is is that whatever you're eating does become a part of you so a long time ago when we first started eating things which is again an act in itself a consumption so obviously we're moving in another direction so when we started consuming things the intelligent life then was very similar to the plant a hybridized plant and androgynous meaning that the first state that's why they call it the tree or the sephirot was we were still on a tree basically of souls and then we started to drop as seeds like uh, you see with a tree it bears fruit and then it drops the fruit and then the seed has an opportunity to even become a big tree again are you so, saying we evolved from plants we've evolved from everything the the if you notice everything even plastic contains atoms so everything that can be made with atom who is ma like when you look at ma and mass all alchemy all masonry is about maneuvering mass and geometry and the reason is because there was one thing determined right off the bat from the ancients who by the way did not know everything any smart person already admits they don't know everything you don't want to know everything it makes the game over for you so you always are learning so even the ancients were learning so what we have to see is, is that why the ancients were were learning this knowledge there were many things that were done that have caused us to be the way that we are now and i'll explain this in just the stages of when a child is between 1 and 7 years old between 1 and 7 this is your age of being on mars it's called the muladhara chakra it's so interesting because i It's, you see, they bring the boy forward that says he had been on Mars before. Okay, it's again them playing the game. They know that most people have their souls have come from Mars. That's they call the the Red Sea. Adamu is the word in English. I mean, uh, in Arabic. So you see this from the beginning. we start in this stage that that people think is even another planet and this is why i i'm saying to everyone now you have you can't see any of these extraterrestrials to ask answer your question you can't see any of these extraterrestrials is outside of you they're actually inside and the only thing that is outside is what we bought here we unpacked a lots of this flora and fauna the trees and things that you're seeing now that's what arcs were really about or what i call it the archives what about it, genetic manipulation that that's when you're unpacking the ark when you're unpacking the ark you already have the core elements seed germs and things in order to create this is called a me in the sumerian text it's known as a tablet which they say inanna stole from the gods and used it to create earth now why would you need instructions on how to create a planet because planets are very complex again if one bad strain is introduced out of balance into the system the entire system can collapse that is how perfectly balanced it is so who's responsible for keeping that system in balance now and now i i i pose that question back to the individual who is now responsible for keeping your system in balance is it some other person you or being you've delegated it to or is it really yourself and this honestly will get us into the meat of this conversation because this now 
gives back to people and how they can, in, 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 in this instance, emancipate themselves from many of the lower worlds that they have been confined to. Because, of course, not everyone is in this slow, dense vibrational frequency all on Earth. To insist such things is only the selfishness, once again, of an individual that is in that state. There are people who are living wonderful lives that have fully activated bodies. There's a lot of places on Earth that people have not seen before. They've seen some pictures and stuff, but that's not all of the world. So what I'm saying is when you... Oh, we're going into a break. Okay, well... uh... Don't go anywhere. I'll be back with seven after the break. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Truther Girls. Hi, everyone. Truther Girls, Sonia here. The chat room is still open. That's truthergirls.chatango.com. And um, well, the caller line is, is also open, but it's really it's a call-in line to talk to us, uh, not a listen line. It's 218-339-8525. And if you're wondering why I'm talking so fast, it's because we don't have a lot of time left. I'm talking here to Seven Bomar, author of The Code to the Matrix. I promised you that we would talk about lucid dreaming because Seven is like an expert at lucid dreaming. And so I, I wanted him to share with you some techniques for that. But on the break, I was just asking him what he thinks of binaural beats because I've been getting into using, like checking out binaural beats and, you know, for meditation or to, it's, a, it's, you put on a headset and uh, the beats like alternating in each ear and it, it eventually tunes your brain waves to a certain state. Like you could get an alpha brain wave or a theta brain wave or maybe a delta brain wave or various things like in between and uh, it could induce various different kinds of states. And I found some that are really great for putting you to sleep. Like you do that at night and you go to bed at 1130 instead of, you know, two in the morning. So I've been going to bed a lot earlier and getting up a lot earlier, which I think is a good thing. But part of me is kind of wondering, but is this safe? Because how do you know what, you you know, you're tampering with your brainwaves, you're trusting someone else's program to... um, to put you into a certain state, um, is this safe? And, and I asked uh, Seven, so I'm going to ask you again now what you think. Uh, these ones that, and I haven't tried any of these, but like the ones that say that they replicate the state of your mind if you're on DMT, which is what you produce when you dream, or the ones that promise that after running the program, you're going to have lucid dreaming after, uh, which like they have things like that on idoser.com. So they have just about all kinds of stuff. And I don't know how much I believe that it could really do all that. But what do you think? Can you have DMT state from uh, binaural beats? Realistically, we have to ask ourselves, is it more the person believing that they're going to have a DMT state while listening to binaural beats? I just kind of put it like that because, and also the definition of what a DMT state is, a person that has really been into a DMT state definitely can differentiate that between what a frequency can do through sound. And so I guess it's, just the basic knowledge of how frequency works, it's all about the carrier. And so, of course, most frequency or audio gets to us through the carrier of sound. However, frequency can also be put over radio waves. Frequency, of course, can be put over light. And generally, if you want to penetrate a person's body with frequency for it to cause an effect, you would use light because then it can penetrate it to the cellular level. Other than so your, that- your TV is probably likely... Um- of tampering with your brain waves and quite literally brainwashing you, putting into into a trance state. Actually, I know that that's a fact. It does do that. It's see the again the te- when the technology and the spirituality get together and the physics get together and alchemy gets together, it all really starts to blur. But the TV 
is no different than what the magic mirror was composed of. It's bent glass, which is very difficult to do, especially for the ancients, because, you know, if you bend glass, it generally would break. So you have to know how to blow glass. So this is optics. This is how to run ops, basically, if people know what that's really about on all levels. And so what a TV is, especially the new ones, the, the large ones with the nice black painted glass, which is what was used in the magic mirror, then they become reflective reflective gates. And they also have inside liquid crystals, liquid crystals. Wow. If we could get a hold of some of those, maybe we could do what the Atlanteans did again. That's the same Atlantean technology, which is of crystals and magnets. And these two and understanding how they work, open up the keys to the universe. So I would say to this, humanity has really become really, um, what do you, what's the word I'm looking for? Durable. Like they, there's a part of this that's just like an ox. That's why they're, it's really the horn gods. Even the, when they call it a kid, it's a baby goat. What they're saying is, is that in the preliminary phases, you pull the burden. This is why people feel like they're being worked. This is why the Sumerian tales say, ah, oh, we were commanded to work on the planet that we were sent to in order to mine the gold. This means to develop souls. This didn't mean they were going to go take the gold anywhere and do anything with it. This meant that they were told by Orion the constellations and all those things in there to come to earth to help in generating the soul process because all the beings that live in Orion have everything to do with all the religions that people are dealing with today. So what ends up happening is we're maybe getting a little bit off the topic here. So we <laughs> I just want to make sure we have a bit of time left to, so you can tell people how they can induce lucid dreaming because I know some of the binaural beats promise that you listen to the track and you'll have lucid dreaming afterwards. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how true that is. I, I don't want to interrupt you because you're going on one train, but I feel like, well, you know, I promised them you were going to talk about lucid dreaming. So I really did want you to share your 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 expertise of, with that a little bit, uh, how how to induce a lucid dreaming state. Well, yeah, just tips. Okay, for tips for lucid dreaming is basically, of course, not eating at least three to four hours before you're going to bed because it's just the organs working and processing any kind of food doesn't allow you to access generally those organs or gates as they are. The organs are tied into our chakra center. So first thing is have your system clear. The second thing is to not be exposed to light because the entire body is light sensitive. And even if you have to cover yourself up or cover up lights, especially the ones that are attached to your cell phone chargers and computer chargers, They'll send rays across the room. If you can normally see it with a camera, you'll see an entire string of the beam of light going across the room. This simply touching your skin becomes basically like an entry point into your auric field. So it's just good to keep those out of there. That way, if you do happen to induce the lucid state, even the, the lucid state is not being controlled by the controller. Now, remember, the dream is the closest you're going to get to death. It is actually the de the dying and the resurrection of the human every single day. It's the symbol of that. So when a person goes to sleep, they're attempting to really stay above a certain wavelength, which is the wavelength to stay above is theta. And that's, of course, why Scientology calls humanity thetans, meaning that they're in a deep sleep. So you avoid the theta zone and you rise into a level that's like riding a wave, which is right before awaking, in just a little bit sleep. Now, now when you get into the lucid plane, which is generally done by moving or shaking yourself or just being conscious that you're actually in the dream, it depends on then how much processing power, for better lack of words, you have in order to be able to generate what you intend to do in the dream. 
But, now, but wait, but how do you avoid actually just falling asleep when you, let's say you turned off all the lights, you didn't eat, you lie down, you're heading into sleep. Now, what do you do to make sure they don't cross over into full-on sleep, just regular sleep? be practiced after sleep in the hours of three to five o'clock in the morning one should wake up around 3 30 and reset themselves like it's going to have to happen especially for the person who gets used to lucid dreaming because they'll fall in a theta within three hours with no training so you so, should wake wake yourself up intentionally at three in the morning for several days to train yourself to do that you wake up and then you sit up you basically it's just a simple reset and then you go back to sleep and this time, of course, if you're, it's good to wear a dream mask, like just a, a, a mask that, you know, a black mask or something. But once you go back to sleep, then now you've started from at least alpha again or beta again. And that allows you to, you, when the sun's coming up, for the first 15 minutes to 30 minutes when the sun's coming up, it's shooting off the only energy that is actually generative to this environment. The rest of the day, the sun is taking the energy. That's why it causes things to age. But in that time in the morning, it's easy to be released from your vessel. Because remember, humans, humanity, we're, we're, we're spiritual beings inside of uh, what looks like a pentagram or a dodecahedron. So what happens is you have to come out of that in order to be able to fully go lucid. Other than that, because there's many lucid sleepers or people that are in the dream worlds. But those worlds can be wholly generated either by the individual or the controllers. Those who are professional dreamers, like Freddy Krueger, <laughs> the, the people that were beating up Freddy Krueger, those right. are the dreamers know the difference between a generated world versus the, the actual entry point, which is fourth dimension. Fourth dimension is like the, the elevator. It's the gateway between the next physicality, basically. And that's how the odd and even numbers are positioned. So, uh-huh. what, uh, so let's get into more techniques. So, of course, your current has a lot to do with whether you have enough fuel to thrust off this earth, even on the astral plane, there you, you need ascent. So what happens is in my first experience with Lucid Dream, I flew out to the first, what I now call, or now know is the first heaven. And from that point, I seemed to not have any more thrust. And then I started noticing I didn't have anything to stand on either, and that kind of caused like a, a, a stepping back motion. And then I came back down into my body. So then I- So started- you're talking about like, you're actually astral projecting. Yes. Like it's, you're not just awake in your dreams. You're, you're really astral projecting here. Yes. Yes. And this is also even, this is not, this is not um, a special thing in the sense that Dr. Monroe, who's, who's very credible, was doing the same thing to the point where he could go to people's house and see like a jacket or something and tell them, hey, you have the jacket laying on your couch. Now, it's always been known that anyone who's gotten that far just naturally is a very disc- discre- discretionary person. It's merely something they've learned from previous lifetimes. So if they incarnate on this planet and they know how to do things like that, it's generally not, it doesn't become like known everywhere anyways. Because some people are like, well, why did they just let everyone know and make money off of it? If you can do such things, you already have access to so many other things. And this is what also the benefits of lucid dreaming are besides some of the negative sides of lucid dreaming. The benefits are is that when you do leave the corpus, <laughs> you will come out of the body. And so if you're a lucid dreamer, it's normal for you. And then you literally have control over the next incarnation. It's called professional reincarnator. It's an actual term. But if you don't know what's going on, generally the vortices of Earth, because remember, Earth is, the, the space is a vacuum, and Earth is a sphere. So anytime there's a hole poked in the vacuum, it's got to plug that hole very fast. Mm-hmm. So 
how this works in the lucid world is oh we're just about at the end of the hour oh well great well thank you for coming on thanks everyone for listening and for joining in the chat room and uh, see you next week have a great weekend